0: I'm sure Megan and Harry are lovely people, but seriously, instead of buying an $18 million mansion, they could have invested all that, got a $2 million mansion, and they could be set for life for the rest of their lives. So the big question is this, how investors like us wouldn't pull in the silver spoon, successfully investing in property to create a passive income, and still have a lifestyle now? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answers. I'm George Mark and Welcome to the Positive Property Show. Our mission is to empower 10,000 people to create financial freedom through property using the Markoski Method. Join us. We're back. So, hello and welcome to uh, Positive Property with my, the amazing Belinda. almost said my, my Belinda, but you're not my Belinda. You're amazing Belinda. You're our Belinda. We all share you as a community. Nice
1: exactly. Now, I love well, it.
0: Now, now, guys, if you're watching live, please say hello in the chat. Um, and people that are going to watch the replay, if you're watching the replay, I know a lot of people watch it, put, put hashtag replay now. What I would like to say is, you know, you saw the title of my post today, Help Me Pay Off Megan and Harry's Mansion. You might be wondering why I'm saying this, but um, there was a GoFundMe page set up to pay off the mortgage of Megan, Merkel and Prince Harry's. $14.6 million California estate has gone bust, Right? And I've actually, I'm going to go to the GoFundMe page right now. So I'm going to share my screen. And if you look here, it says, hello, I'm Anastasia Hansov of Ventura, California. I'm raising funds to pay off the mortgage. I'm raising funds to pay off the mortgage for the Montecito, California home of Harry and Megan. Where 2 million supporters donate just $5 each, the goal is met. And the loan could be paid off. And after their interview, I was moved as a compassion to help get their home paid off. As they are financially independent, this will help them and be a loving gift. What a lovely gesture. Hey, you know, Look, that's Paul, lovely. That's- you know, Harry and Megan, they need help. It's only, you know, they've got a $14 million mansion. Every $5 helps, you know. And she wrote, if you feel in your heart to help and support the donation, then please do so. We all can use some form of help in the world, and it begins with love and compassion. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Right. Wow. How many investment properties could have they bought? Yes, good question, Lisa, exactly. Um, probably a lot. I love it. That's and hilarious. You know Th- the point is, right, and this is, you know, a bit of tongue-in-cheek, obviously, because I'm not about to help Megan and Harry. Even though, you know, I'm sure Megan and Harry are lovely people. But seriously, instead of buying an $18 million mansion, they could have invested all that, got a $2 million mansion, and they could be set for life for the rest of their lives. So what I'm saying is you should really, um, you know, be smart with your money, right? Will they get it through, you should really tune into Oprah next week and see what happens. Do you know what I mean? (laughs)
1: Look, Oprah might be, you know, jumping on that bandwagon and helping them.
0: Look, she's a billionaire and they're rich as well. Look,
1: if if anyone was going to help, Oprah would be on your number one list, wouldn't it, really?
0: Yeah, I'm sure she can help. But look, the thing is, I mean, I saw a funny meme, you know, where the the prince, uh, Megan and Harry are sitting there talking to Oprah. and They're like, oh, life's life's hard. And Oprah goes, yeah, I know, it's tough. And everyone's going, ha, 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 ha. But look, the fact of it is, it doesn't matter how rich you are, you're always going to have problems in life anyway. There's always going to be challenges challenges money's not going to solve everything for you that's the fact and so if you think that being filthy rich is going to make your life better guess what you're absolutely right <laughs> there you are you're absolutely right but if you think you're not no. gonna have, <laughs> but if you think you're not going to have challenges well you're going to have challenges no matter what that's the fact of it and you know funny enough Uh, What I do is I'm a bit of a nerd and I like to study what the world is doing at the moment. And I've been doing a bit of research in America and what's been happening in America. Because America, the American market is pretty interesting and and I think we can always learn from other countries and things like that. And I think that the whole world at the moment, I'm talking about the Western world here. I'm talking about the first world because we live in a different world to the third world. And uh, the first world have gone through the whole same thing and we're going through a V-shaped re- recovery. Not yeah, if you right. know, I don't know if you know what a V-shaped recovery is. Not but really, you a, but
1: I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to explain
0: it. Yeah, I'm going to explain. A V-shaped recovery is when you've got the little dot here and it goes, and then it goes straight up again. That's why it's called V-shaped because it's a, it's a V, right? And what happens is during COVID, there was a bit of a dip and now it's come back up again but it's not more of a squiggle than a V because it didn't go much down, but it's going up quite a bit. It's more like a tick, yep. like a Nike tick. It's gone down and yep. gone straight up, right? Yep. And one of the interesting things about what's going on in the world economy right now is they're pretty similar dynamics playing all over the world, and that's because COVID has affected most countries in the same way. Yeah, you know, right. Pandemic-driven lockdown followed by super cheap money and massive fiscal spending.
1: That's it. Right.
0: Funny enough, it, in scale and scope, it almost seems like the whole world was being coordinated doing the same thing. Yeah. Right? And obviously, I'm talking about the developed world here, not countries that are, you know, that are third world countries, but they because we've got a pretty coordinated set of economic conditions in the first world, and we're getting a very coordinated response. Yeah. Right? And that's one of the reasons I like to follow the US market and what's happening there because I've got a lot of interest in that because um, the economy and what they're doing, we're doing something very similar, right? And see, when you look in America, under hood, we've we've got the same sort of dynamics happening, right? We've got reduced interest rates, which reduces household interest burdens. We've got booming asset prices and free money from the government that have triggered a boom in household net worth. So, what's happening around the first world? I'm talking America, Australia, New Zealand, UK, Canada, all those sort of countries, a lot of Europe. I like to talk about all the English speaking countries because that's the reports that I normally read. Yeah. They're all having a massive boom in household net worth. You know why? I'm going to go through this now, but one of the reasons, because Everyone's reserve bank is printing a shit ton of money. So, so this is the thing that's happening, right? With net worth booming and income levels holding fairly consistent, household's net worth as a percent of disposable income is through the roof. So, but households are looking at their newfound wealth thinking, I reckon I've got, got used for that. So what's happening is equity withdrawals on the rise, because people are looking at taking advantage of this. Yeah, right? right. So as a result, you know, and obviously one of the most productive ways you can do with equity in your house after you blow it on jet skis and motorbikes and because um, you can't do it on holidays and, you know, buy go to nice restaurants because the restaurant trade is booming now as, as well because people are spending yeah. more money on that. People are spending more money on themselves. But once you spend it on all those things, what else can you do with it? Use it as a deposit for a house. That's right. Try. Right. So as a result, in combination with super low interest rates, house prices are accelerating very quickly. Right. And you've also got a lot of the regional centers going up now with, in holiday places like near the coast. Yes. You've got the urban centers falling down and just tanking out. So what's happening, which is interesting, is capital cities right in the centre, like um, Melbourne CBD, Brisbane CBD, Sydney CBD, um, Docklands, places like that, that are just nose diving. But you've got the suburbs that are booming. So the suburbs are really Mm -hmm. booming more than anything else. Yep. But it's very predictable because super cheap money is going to create assets to go up. End of story. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've been talking about this for a long time now. So people have been hearing me. I've been saying this for the last 12 months. So, one thing I was surprised, I was surprised how small the V was going down in COVID because I expected it to be a little bit deeper. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, if anyone's got any doubt about the property market going up, there's no doubt now. You know what I mean?
1: No, deal with no doubt.
0: No, definitely. There's just no doubt at all. So um, that's the interesting thing, and now Australians have got over hundred eighty-three billion dollars in their savings accounts, in their um, offset accounts, everywhere else. One hundred eighty-three billion, and guess what they're going to do with that money? Knowing Aussies like I know Aussies, they're going to be spending it.
1: They will. They will. One hundred percent.
0: So that's what that's the news. I like to start the news and tell everyone what's happening. At the the news is
1: interesting. I mean, I suppose you've got to to realise as well we've come from going, like even Melbourne, we went into a lockdown for seven months. I mean, you're not spending, you're not going out to restaurants, you're not doing anything. So as soon as you break out, like you want to, you might realise, wow, I actually did some savings. People that didn't save before are now saving. But they've been forced to. So now they justify being able to spend on property, cars, boats, whatever.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So guys, you know, Wednesday night property show is all about you, our followers. And if you're not tuned in on the Australian property chat, I suggest you come in there because you can interact with us live right now as we speak. And we're going to be answering questions. So I want you to bring in your questions, ask any questions you want. You've, I think you've always got some questions up your sleeve anyway, Chris Belinda.
1: I've got a couple of little
0: questions, questions. Exactly, because what we can do is we can slowly go through this. Because what I'd like to do is really, I'm going to be live for fifty weeks during the year.
1: Yeah, we'll
0: right. We as a group. So, seriously, yeah, absolutely. If you will come here every Wednesday, you can seriously learn a lot about property, and it's great. And if you if you tune in every Tuesday on our podcast, you get uh, you get an update every Tuesday. And you, if you go, you can come to our our, our group and catcher early one week early on the wednesday night live which is pretty good yeah beautiful so this is what i was going to talk about i was going to talk about the property boom and now once the property boom's happening i've been noticing a lot of ads on facebook of all these companies that think they're experts overnight oh
1: it's they're rampant
0: right and the thing is you know, one thing you gotta watch out for during property booms, like times like this, is all the property spruikers out there. Right? Yeah. They're out there spruiking property, and you know, I'm gonna give you a few ways of knowing if someone's a property spruiker or not. Right? One way is awesome. if if they come from nowhere overnight and suddenly pretend to be experts. Well, they're not. They're not the real deal because you want to deal with the real deal. You know, you want someone that's got that's been around for a long time you know what have they done have they written a yep. book have they written articles have they been on tv have they have they helped lots of people to have reviews how long have they been around for like the you know if someone came out of the woodwork yesterday they, you can't become a property expert or investor overnight
1: well, right? successfully leaves, success leaves clues you know
0: exactly exactly but the thing is also i mean the thing is i'm really had enough of this get rich quick mentality. Seriously, I've had enough of that up to here. And seriously, two types of people that I really cannot stand, okay? I can't stand these companies out there that go, oh, invest in property and you're going to make, oh, look at this guy here, he made a million dollars in his first year and this guy did this and that, blah, blah, blah. And they just just expanded and talk about this. It's such a load of BS, right? Because seriously, if you think you're going to get rich quick in property, the people that try to get rich quick they only do one thing; they get poor very quick, right? Correct. And I see it all the time. And we had um, we had a, we had a couple that wanted to join our program. And one thing they were disappointed about when we told them the truth, and we said, "Hey, it's going to take time. <laughs> Property takes yeah. time. It's going to take an effort. It's going to take time." And they're like, "Oh, we want to do NDIs, right? Well, yeah. We got, we got promised blah blah, you know, 18 percent return. Now, the deal is right." If you haven't seen my episode on NDIS, I speak to one of the experts in Australia, you know, talking about NDIS and what the truth of it is. Is And seriously, unless you're an experienced investor and you're thinking long term and you really know what you're doing, you're going to lose money. You're going to it's overpay enough. the property and you're going to get F sweet FA rent. If you get it at all. Right. It's not that easy. It's very difficult. But, but these people, they, they've, they've done it now. Now, You know, it doesn't surprise me. Some people don't want to join our program because we don't often get rich quick. But what surprised me even less when they come back and go, "Oh no, you know, I was going to join five years ago, and now I've come back and I've lost all this money. And finally, I'm going to listen to you guys because you guys have got the runs on the board. You guys are still here, you
1: know." Yeah, that's right.
0: The fly-by-night companies out there. You know, it's amazing how many members join us and they've joined another program and they won't even return their calls. Like crazy. But yeah, the thing that's is also, the other thing you gotta watch out for is these companies that go around spruking and try to sell your house on the first call or second call, you know what I mean? Like you really got to get educated get educated first. You know, we don't let anyone buy unless they've been educated, they go through all the steps. You know, absolutely um, because I want people to be comfortable but also know what they're doing. And the thing is, then you've got this whole guaranteed rent, um, guaranteed capital growth cash back when you buy a property uh-huh. you know quality property you know you, if you want to guarantee your rent do your research that will guarantee your rent because what's going to guarantee your rent is buying in the right area having a low vacancy rate and really getting your stats right and what's going to guarantee yeah, your rent is doing the research and investing in yourself yeah mm-hmm. but um so the get rich quick mentality and the other one i don't i can't really handle is when you get members that want to join the program and they're like, nah, I want 10 properties in one year. And
1: yeah, unrealistic.
0: You can't do it. You've got to be realistic. You know, goals, you know, smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timed. That's yep. what it is. You can't, you know, there's no point pretending you're going to get something if you're not going to get it. Okay. I think there'll be good discounts when interest rates goes back up. Is inflation good for mortgages? Jeremy Westwood. Hi, Jeremy. Welcome. And some good questions there. And I'm going to be answering these questions, which is great. So, okay, guys, Um, Jeremy, what do you mean by will there be any good discounts when interest rates goes back up? Because, yeah, so the deal is, Jeremy's talking about distressed property and, and, you know, things like that. And there's a lot of companies out there talk about buying distressed property. Now, when you're buying the top 100 suburbs in Australia, these properties are not distressed. They never are, just doesn't happen. Quality property in the right area is always rented out, it's always going up, and it just doesn't get distressed very often. It's very difficult for that to happen. So I really, I'm not a big fan of trying to buy distressed property for investment property, because distressed property ain't going to go up for a long time. However, when you're buying an owner-occupier for yourself, then you can buy distressed property because you're going to be in it for a long time and you've got time for it to bounce back up and do that. So I think um, that's really good. So in regards to, yeah, what we are saying before, you know, you've got these companies out there that are offering, you know, rental guarantees and offering discounts and they're saying, we're going to pay for your, you know, for your solicitor and for this and for that and your stamp duty and stuff like that. Whenever whenever I'm getting stuff offered and chucked in for free or off getting discounts offered, I'm always very wary. I remember the time when you were going to buy that property in Gladstone, Belinda, and the developer offered you a massive discount and you oh, asked huge. me for advice. And,
1: and, and guaranteed rental.
0: Yes. And what did I say? Don't touch a 10 foot pole because if, it, if they're, if if they're offering a guarantee, sure yeah. So if they're offering a $20,000 discount rebate, whatever it was, and they're offering guaranteed rental, that means this property is going to go down and they want to get rid of it as soon as possible. And what happened was that property actually went down in half, half in value in two years' time. Yep. And most of
1: those, the, the, most, I'm very loud on your other, I'm getting yep. feedback, but yep. a lot of those properties in Gladstone were actually left unfinished.
0: Yeah, and the problem is, what happens is when people are trying to get these amazing bargains, they're really not getting bargains. Megan and Harry are doing a fund. Well, they're not doing a fundraiser. Someone else is doing a fundraiser to help them buy million- the multi-million-dollar mansion. Personally, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go fund them. They've only raised $110 so far, so they really need another two million people to help.
1: Only two million. Jeez. You
0: know, two million people at five dollars each. That's that's $10 million.
1: Wow.
0: Right? So it doesn't take a lot of people to do that. But me personally, I think they should in, should have invested better and then they'd be good. Is inflation good for mortgages? Okay. Jeremy asked the question, is inflation good for mortgages? Hell yes. Inflation is great for mortgages. And Correct. And I love inflation when I haven't got money in the bank because what's happening at the moment on a world scale is – What's happening on a world scale is there's massive inflation going on because we've got low interest rates and we're printing a shit load of money. And you can't help but get inflation. And that's why household net worth is going up everywhere in the first world. So everyone's becoming rich, right? Yeah. The problem is if you've got money in the bank, you're going to become poor. Because when household wealth goes up, when all that goes up, it pushes the, the price of real money. So what's going to happen is, you know, if you've got $100,000 in the bank now, in a year's time, that $100 will be eroded right down. It'd be worth 50 grand in real sense. And that's the fact of it. But what I love about inflation is inflation actually eats away your loan. Put it this way. I mean, I'll give you an example of inflation. I bought a house in, in Perth for $220,000 in Burswood, and I've got a $180,000 loan on it. So when I bought it 15 years ago, right, $180,000 loan was quite a bit. Now, now $180,000 loan on a property, is that a lot of money now, these days? No. Now, the property's probably worth over $700,000 now. So So what has inflation done for me?
1: Paid off the loan.
0: It's eaten away the loan. It hasn't paid it off, but it's eaten away They're the loan. They're eating it away. Sorry, what's happened away. now, inflation's pushed my property up in price. My loan stayed the same, and my loan is next to nothing now when I look at it. And my parents, they bought their house for 35000 Wow. Right? And what happened was I paid off their house. Funny enough, they had their loan for 20 years, and they still owed 33000 after nearly 20 years because they were principal interest. You know how they you get all the interest at the beginning. So when I retired, I paid off their house. Cost me thirty three grand. They're like George, you shouldn't have. Well, it's only thirty three grand. It was pretty easy to pay off. But you know, their house now is worth about six hundred thousand. Yeah. And if they kept their loan, their loan would still be around 30000 dollars now. So you can imagine what inflation has done to their loan. It's destroyed. It's and that's the thing, and that's why part of the reason why I don't bother trying to pay off my loans is because I don't need to. Inflation will do it for me. Let inflation do the heavy lifting. See, the challenge of people, this is the problem, and you've got to get this out of your head. You know, repeat after me, work smarter, not harder. Smarter, Brilliant. not harder. Who, not how. Who, not how. Smarter, not harder.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a simple, you know, simple word, but for a lot of people, they don't get it.
0: Yep. Okay, can you also shed some light on selling a property and what percentage commission for real estate agent is a good deal? Is this a good time to sell in the South Morang, Victoria? That's by Ravi. Hi, Ravi. How are you? Welcome to the show. Look, um, selling a property, you know, a reasonable commission in in Adelaide is 1.8%. That's really reasonable. You know, you don't want to go too low with an agent because if you go really bottom 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 tier, then you're going to get a shit agent because you'd rather get someone that's good. So I'd like to pay a little bit more than the middle, but I don't want to pay over the top, right at the top either. So I'm, I'm sort of the person that wants to pay in the middle, pay for quality, get good value for money. However, yeah. I really think that choosing the best real estate agent in that area that's got a lot of listings that knows what he's doing is important. You said you're in South Meringue. South Meringue is a very good area. Uh, Melbourne is about to go through a little mini boom after its lockdown. So at the moment, you know, personally, I don't like selling full stop. So I normally say to people, don't sell. Full stop. You know, I don't even be selling if I was in Docklands or Melbourne CBD. If I had a unit somewhere in Australia, I'd be getting rid of it. If I was out in the rural area, I'd be getting rid of it. Um, If I'm in a capital city in the suburbs, in a good, or a good regional centre, and the demand and supply ratio is good. I will not be selling right now. You know we're about to have the biggest boom in history. What you want to do, you know, you got to think about think about booms in history. Let's let's try to think about this. Since the '70s, you know, from the, in the '70s you could buy a house for two thousand dollars, and now the median house price is six, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand, depending on what capital city you're in. So you think how much higher property is now. However. To buy a property now, you know, especially if you're investing, you can get a property that's positive, it costs you nothing. So, in actual fact, properties are cheaper now than what they were in 1970, even though in the 70s you could buy a property for 2000 because you couldn't own it for nothing. You had to work hard to keep that property. But you can actually buy a property now and do nothing. We've got members every week buying properties and it's costing them $20 a week or it's positive, right? Yeah. So when you think about it, if they're buying a property for $20 a week, how cheap is that? That is dirt cheap. Because the price of the property is not the price, the whole price you pay. It's how much it costs to keep the property that matters. And because of that, I really believe it's the cheapest time in history to buy property. And I would be just buying property, not selling property. I'd be using my equity and expanding it because let's say we're about to go for a big property boom. And a big property boom is like you've got all these boats in harbour and then the tide comes in and pushes all the boats up and every boat is higher. So the price of all the properties go up. Wouldn't it be better to have more properties than less in a property boom? That's it. The more properties you've got exposed to the property boom, the more money you're going to make. Yeah. What is the percentage increase that is expected in the mini boom for Melbourne? Andrew, um, I think that most of the experts are saying we're going to get 20 or 30% growth in the property market in general, in the capital cities around Australia. All right now, I believe that, you know, Melbourne's not bad. It's a good place. A lot of people are moving out of Melbourne, but there's going to, once COVID finishes completely, then we're going to get that massive upsurge. Cause what's happening in Melbourne at the moment, um, it's like an elastic band. It got, the market got squished. And then now it's pushed out again, it's pushing out again. And then what's happening is we've got that pushed out because we've got the end of COVID and restrictions and people are starting to make money again. There's a lot of people that have got money and they're starting to spend it. There's a lack of real estate, a massive lack of real estate in the whole of the country, except for units in capital cities. And because of that, the units capital cities, commercial property is dropping and it's really, a lot of people are hurting and hemorrhaging. And I've known yeah. a lot of people that have actually moved into their units just so they don't lose it. It's terrible. Yeah, I've and, heard that too. And but really cert- certainly I'd be looking at how to get out now before it goes even worse, you know. Because the problem is Correct. it's like a ship that's sinking and you're holding all the holes down, but you've only got a certain amount of hands to hold these holes and sooner or later you're gonna drown and you just gotta get rid of Exactly. Them. So but if I've we move, I've out, got a
1: question for, yeah, go you for or it. you go. No, you go. Okay, you go. so I've got um, what's your opinion on the current first home and buyers grant? Are these helping or hurting your investments?
0: Um, it doesn't really affect it. So I was actually they're talking gonna, about gonna, this they're gonna gonna soon. Sorry. They're going to end soon yep. anyway. So it doesn't really affect it um, because we're looking at different types of properties. The first home buyer a grant's really going into, they're usually a lot cheaper properties that they're buying and in yeah. areas that we really wouldn't look at anyway. Because what's That's happening important. is, There's there's a lot of areas that have got oversupply where there's a lot of big developments. That's where a lot of new homeowners are going because they're getting a lot of bonuses. So the new homeowners are getting bonuses. They're saying, look, we're going to give you a new kitchen, upgrade this, and give you you blah, blah, blah. And they go in there. The new homeowners aren't buying where we're buying because you're not getting any extra deals on there. You know, we're paying full retail. Retail! (laughs) Okay. Hello, George. Any puts about Adelaide? What's better, north or southern suburbs? Okay. Um, look, the further out you go from Adelaide, um, the problem the problem I find with the northern suburbs in Adelaide is there's a lot of land. That's, there's just so much land up north and there's a lot of development up north. There's just way too much. So personally, I can't see how the northern suburbs of Adelaide are going to really get a lot of growth because there's so much land. The western suburbs of Adelaide are stuck between the city and the sea. And I'm a big fan of the western suburbs, but there's a lot of pockets around the place that are really good. And I'm a big fan of the pockets of the older suburbs where there's a bit of infill. I'd stay away from large developments. Just don't go near large developments. There's, you know, we're very boutique. And that's what we do. Um, and is Melbourne the perspective see a decline after this? Look, the fact of it is, everything that goes up must go down. That's right. Everything that goes down must go up. So there's always going to be that period of, of, I hit my microphone, this period of um, correction. Don't be scared of the correction because what happens is we go into the market, you've got a property clock, 12 o'clock's the peak up the top, six o'clock's the bottom, down the bottom. And what you do is you want to buy at seven o'clock as the clock's rising. If you buy at seven, you've got all that growth till 12. Then after 12, you've got a little bit of a correction. Then it goes up again so once you've held the property for one full cycle you're set you're completely safe that's why the sooner you buy property the better so you can keep safe because you want your property to go through that property cycle because the first property cycle it goes through which is going to take between seven to ten years is going to double and then it's going to double again seven to ten years after that and then it's going to double again now so when you talk about doubling, a doubling, right? This is what a lot of people don't realize. So if you get a five hundred thousand dollar property, in ten years it's going to be worth a million. In twenty, it's going to be worth two million. So it actually quadruples over that twenty-year period. And yeah. a lot of a lot of people haven't been around long enough. I'm old enough to experience a double doubling. I'll tell you what it's amazing and that's why last year alone i made over a million dollars out of properties because my properties that i've had for nearly 20 years they have just gone through the roof because yeah. i've had them for long enough so the longer you have a property for the better if you buy the right property i never want to sell
1: yeah that's it any more
0: questions because more- inflation correct the bad property decision jeremy yes absolutely and look the, the fact of it is, in a rising market, a rising market is very, very forgiving, right? It's very forgiving when you're buying at 7 or 8 o'clock in a rising market. The market's very forgiving, and you can actually do stupid things and still get away with it, right? So anyone can make money in a rising market. That's the beauty of it. But the bad part is... You know, if you want to make long-term money, it's better to make smart decisions and do it properly and get the right education and get the right uh, advice because it can help you more in the long term. Because, yes, if you don't know what you're doing, you could actually buy a property and get lucky and double your money in seven years anyway. Yeah. But if you get an expert to help you, you can get 10 properties in 10 years and retire and never have to work a single day for the rest of your life. That's the difference. That's it. And and the thing is, this is the thing, though. I mean, if you get one property worth 500 and you double it in 10 years, you've still made half a million dollars and you're still better off than 98% of Australians. So seriously, just getting one property is so worthwhile. But getting two is even more worthwhile and getting five is fantastic. And the thing is, you know, what we do in our program, we work out how much you need. I mean, for example, you know, if you get a $500,000 property, Let's say properties double every ten years. Then that means in ten years' time, you get a five hundred thousand equity, which is going to give you twenty five thousand years' income, passive income per year without getting out of bed. So by doing that, you can work out how many people you need, right? So if you want to make a hundred thousand, you need four properties worth five hundred, and you need to hold them for ten years. And that's why, you know, I'm not really big on timing the market because You know that question you said about you know will you know will inflation correct the bad decision yes but i really think i'd rather try to make the right decision so then i can really grow my empire and my wealth and do everything properly because the the challenge is a lot of people don't know what to do when they're buying a property and they get caught in analysis paralysis and part of the reason is they don't understand the core principles and once you understand the core principles it's actually quite simple and easy and you can make decisions easy and that's the whole point
1: yeah perfect
0: is there any strategy you have to charge more for rent compared to the others in the lot good question Andrew Um, yes I've got a strategy to charge less <laughs> so Seriously, the problem is when you're charging too much for your property you end up with poor quality tenants so um, I really prefer to charge the market rent that it is and Get the decent rent and a lot of times. Um, you know, because what happens is high-quality tenants They don't have to pay above average rent Because they've got good quality, they've got good referrals and everything else. Now, At the moment, there's a squeeze and there's not a lot of rental properties available. So you're going to get more rent anyway. So I suggest never, ever, ever be the property manager because you're not going to have your finger in the pulse, you're not going to know how much to charge, and you're not going to charge enough. Also, always review your rents and always put them up every six months or 12 months, depending on when the lease expires. Because what I like to yep. do, a bit like a frog in boiling water, is I like to increase my rents little bit by little, and then everyone's happy, everyone's getting used to it easily and fine. And what happens a lot, we get people coming and joining our program, and they've got four or five properties, and they think they've done well. And we look at, the, we do a rent review, and we see they haven't put up their rent in five years. And they say, "But George, this is a good tenant. We can't put up the rent." And I said, "Look, if they're not paying market rent, they're not a good tenant." <laughs> That's so right. Someone that's not paying you market rent is not a good tenant. The only good tenant you've got is a tenant that pays the rent, looks after your house, and follows everything properly. And if they don't pay the right rent, if they don't look after their house, that if they're not you know, paying the rent on the time, they're not a good tenant and you need to get rid of them, you need to get a property manager to look after them. And so many times we've actually got people in and we've changed their portfolios and really changed the income they're getting. I mean, we had one girl that joined that program three weeks ago. In the first half-an-hour meeting with Christina, she saved nearly $25,000 a year just because we fixed their engine situation. Okay, I've got yeah, a big well. question here. What do you think of Mansfield Park? Kept it for 12 years, grow heaps, but we sold our property in January 2020 before COVID. Sold it before COVID. Oh, that's sad. A little sad we sold. Yes, I would be too. Good or bad decision? We'd love to work with you both to get in investing. Used to work with you guys 10 years ago at future for kids love to get in touch jenna oh, wow future. To okay future so for look, kids. that's really good that um you want to do something for your future kids which is excellent and future uh, jenna, for kids
1: is our that was that company we work for
0: okay investing used to work with you guys 10 years ago for future for kids how future funny how kids. awesome oh there that's you go the, that's
1: the internet children's um stuff that we were doing george
0: yes excellent i remember so, now so so jenna um what I suggest you do, Jenna, is probably if we can get um, Charmaine, book in with Charmaine for a fifteen-minute strategy session, and see if it yep. can help you. Now, look, if you made money at a Mansfield property, that's really good. It's a shame that you sold because I don't like selling. Because what I prefer to do is, I if a property goes up in value, you can see um, my the pet my pet dog out the back. I was just saying, there's a
1: move, There's movement in the background. It's hey, Jojo. Here, jojo. Jojo. he's such Aww. a, he's such here, a jojo. cute
0: doggy, doggy. Here, ah look at a jojo he's such Isn't a gorgeous. beautiful dog he's just so placid he just sits there and loves attention and he sucks when okay. christina goes and has a workout so uh-huh. yep so um what we're gonna do Jenna, is we're gonna connect you with um charmaine so charmaine can look at what you're doing and see if we can help and look the thing is um You've, you've made money out of property so i think that's really good well done i, I applaud Thank anyone you. that's got the guts to invest in property and do things you know and the thing is you know a lot it's of people really invest in look a lot of people invest in property and, and it doesn't work out the first time or second time round and what i say to you is don't worry it doesn't matter it's not your fault we don't get taught this at school and the fact of it is you know you've got the opportunity now to learn what you're doing Okay, Andrew, Andrew, is that something that property manager reviews every six months, or we have to review and discuss the property manager settled on that property and direct? Yes, Andrew. So what you need to do is we need to keep on top of things. So we need to be proactive with our property manager. And one, we need to build a relationship with our property manager and make sure they're looking after our interests. So what happens is normally if we buy into a group of townhouses, like, for example, direct, then what happens is we get the on-site manager to manage our property to begin with, especially because we want to make sure that because they've got their they, they live there, they know the area, they could they can help and us the
1: on the pulse. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, and the fact of it is, um, what we want to do is every six months, we want to put that put that up because you know property um, actual rents in that area have gone up already. So I definitely do that. Rents have gone up everywhere. I get messages from people every day going, George, we're looking for a property. We're desperate to get a rental property. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I don't do rental properties. I just help people invest. And, you know, I feel sorry for these people, but people are finding it hard to rent, um, get a property to rent. And on the same time, there's all these people with units in the city that are desperate and can't get anything. You know?
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Mark Fawcett, having 20% deposits and not getting loans, who do you know to get a reasonable low Um, Mark, good question. You'd have to go talk to our circle of safety. So, Mark, I suggest what you do is book in Charmaine. Um, I'll get her to you her details, book in for review, or check it out. Because um, with with Mark, um, you're a business owner. I know I know who you are. Hello and welcome. When you're a business owner, uh, getting a loan is it's it's actually, it's a science and an art at the same time, and you've really got to put the package together properly. And a lot of people don't realise this, but there's a lot of different finances around Australia. There's a lot of different ways you can present yourself, and depending on the situation, you've got to get matched to the right people at the right time to be able to do that. But, um, yes, no worries. You're welcome, Mark. Yeah, so, um, Jenna, um, it's great to, you know what? It's great to see someone from such a long time ago. It's fantastic, isn't it? <laughs>
1: That was when we were um, we ran that office at Henley Beach Road.
0: Yes, yes, I know. The, I
1: know. the, bl- the blue, the blue office. Yep. Back in there the day. Go.
0: So yes. I've got a question. Go. Can I have a question? Go,
1: go, go. Um, Linda, could you please advise me what resources Positive Property Solutions is using to determine the top one hundred growth suburbs? Question mark and. I haven't been able to see Cabellaba or Burpengary listed as the top 100 growth suburbs.
0: Yep. Okay. So, look, the top 100 growth suburbs, that is a positive property thing. So, you won't see it anywhere unless we publish it, right? So, that's, that's, that's what happens. So, who determines the top 100? Me. I do that. But I do it through statistical research. So, what I'll do is I'll open up a document and talk about where we get these things from, but what basically where I get my data from, um, you can get as well, but there's a lot of different places I get it from. And what I'll do is um, I'll post later where I get our data from. So it's all available online. Some of you have to pay for, some of you get for free, but it's uh, really good stuff. And there's 29 different indicators that we look at, and I'm happy to go through that, but it's probably a little bit too complicated to go through on a Facebook live. Absolutely. But I will and go. I think, we're,
1: I think we're almost at time too George unless you've got more questions.
0: Love you guys. That's very nice. Thank you so much. I love it when people say that to us. It's beautiful. Um look, I must say I'm very I feel very grateful for, you know, all our members in the Australian property chat. We've got an amazing team there, amazing crew. And what we're doing, what we're thinking about doing is we're thinking about doing a one a two-day workshop in Adelaide. And this is prior for me to go to my little I'm going on a six month holiday to Bali. Yes, to Bali. There you go. Thank you for reminding me. So Linda, when do you want to when do you want to run this workshop?
1: Workshop what in Adelaide?
0: I was June. I was thinking June, Adelaide. April, May,
1: June. Yeah, June's good.
0: Okay, so we're gonna announce the date next week. And what that, we're gonna do. What we're gonna do, guys, this is what we're doing. I'm gonna do a two-day workshop. I'm going to invite people from Australian Property Chat to join us on the first day. And we're gonna get all our members coming on two days. We're gonna do the the sort of intro event on the Saturday, and then on the Friday, and then the full event on the Saturday. It's gonna be a Friday, Saturday.
1: Yep, perfect.
0: And we're gonna be we're gonna be doing lots of exciting things, breaking boards and doing the other stuff like goal we normally do.
1: Goal setting. Get some um, get some lovely little um, guest speakers coming yeah, in and having absolutely. a little chat.
0: Look, the thing is, part of the I'm thing. I mean, look, what I found about real estate, and you know, because I retired in real estate in my thirties, and what I found, it can get a little bit lonely when you're a real estate investor. And one thing yeah. when I started in real estate that really was annoying is uh, best capital cities to buy at five hundred thousand dollar budget. Brisbane. You know, if you got five hundred thousand dollars to buy, with Jeremy, I'd go. I'd go Brisbane, definitely. Just and watch out. Um, there's, some, there's
1: some dodgy places in Brisbane, though. So oh, look,
0: look, look. I the, the thing is, with Brisbane, it's one of those funny places where you can have one suburb which is going to boom, and then two suburbs yeah. over, so, you've got something that's not going to work. But um, you know, definitely Brisbane. Or
1: well, just recently on the paper, those those poor those guys that. Coming from a certain suburb that put these people in a toolbox and threw them off a cliff. They've
0: just been caught. Uh, Toolbox and threw off a cliff? What are you talking about?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's just... It's just... I'm up in Queensland at the moment. I'm seeing all the news.
0: Oh, at the end of workshop party. Yes, we're going to have a big party on the Saturday night. Yes. Oh, look, you know what? Adelaide's completely clear of COVID, right? Come to Melbourne no sorry i will come to melbourne but not for a workshop because i'm worried that dan andrews might lock the state down any minute you never know you know what i mean what is melbourne on your list have workshop um it was uh which areas do you avoid in brisbane well jeremy start with our um we've got um the, the no go zone list so you know if you go in we've got a no go zone list I look at some of the um some of our resources—that'd be great. But I'm worried about Dan closing down the state again because you never know, right? Yeah. So I yeah. know that Adelaide is probably a lot easier not to close down because we've yeah. been open. We were closed down for four days last year. That was it, and I'll tell you why it wasn't easy. <laughs> so we're very fortunate. I, I think Australia as a whole. I
1: thought it was. I thought it
0: was like two days for you guys. I think it was two or three days, and we lost, you know, we had no toilet paper left. It was gone completely. Luckily, you know, I, I've sort of got a cellar just full of everything, and seriously, I could go for I could go for a year <laughs> without going to the shops anyway, except the only thing I ran out of mostly nearly over COVID was wine because, you know, I had a bit of a pity party when it first started. I thought, oh, if I'm going to die, I might as well just have some wine and have some fun and, you know, open up some of these penfolds that I've been saving, you know, for years and years and years. So, guys, we're definitely going to have a workshop in Melbourne. Love to have you guys to come along. Adelaide. Um, oh, what we're doing in Adelaide, sorry. What we're doing in Adelaide, by the way, is we're having a workshop next week in Adelaide.
1: But that's that's a different workshop,
0: isn't it? That's not. No, it's a, just an evening workshop.
1: It's an evening workshop.
0: Yeah. So, come guys. On. So, guys, if anyone's online, if anyone wants to come to a workshop, because we've got limited space, unfortunately, because of COVID, we can only have a certain amount of people in the building. Just just type in the, uh, type in the word workshop and we'll see if we can send you an invitation to come along uh, Monday night if you live in Adelaide. If you don't live in Adelaide, don't bother. If someone needs a little bit of help, if someone wants a free call with Charmaine, if you want to work out, you know, get crystal clear on your property investing and work out, you know, the one or two things you need to do, if you've got some serious questions and you need some one-on-one support, please type in um, what strategy session, and then we'll send you a link to Charmaine's link. So that's the two resources we've got at the moment for you guys. If you want a strategy session, please type the word strategy session. We're going to get someone to DM you. If you want to go to the workshop, type in workshop. As long as you're in Adelaide, we'll let you come. If you're from Melbourne, it's going to be too far. Wait till our one-day workshop. But otherwise, yep. that's it. So to summarize, to summarise what we've been talking about, we've been talking about how inflation pays off your loan. We've been talking that um Harry and Megan, Megan and Harry are looking at, you know, trying to go try to get some money to pay off their mansion in California, which is a bit of fun, a bit of tongue-in-cheek. But seriously, what we're really talking about is household net worth has gone up in the Western world quite a bit. Yeah. And that means that's this big sign of inflation. Low interest rates are inflation and printing money is an inflation. Australia's better off $182 billion, Australians in general. That's a lot of money we've got since last year. In one year to be up $182, 000, 182 million is pretty full on. Now, what's happening at the end of March is Job Seeker is going. Yeah. Right? So next Wednesday, join us for my live. I'm going to be dissecting Jobs Keeper. I'm going to be talking about what's going to in the economy, but also I'm going to explain what's going to happen after JobKeeper because it's actually going to affect the property market and it's going to affect a lot of stuff. So if you want to find out about a JobKeeper, come and join us next week because I'm going to be talking about it especially. I've been getting my stats ready. and It's going to be very interesting. But thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been great.
1: Great session.
0: Love your work. Now, Blinda, do you want to tell everyone what our values are while we're here?
1: Values, of course. Love our values. Do you want got to take actually, a lot of time. Oh, look, we can go one at a time. I just want to let you know, like, I saw our va- Values video and yep. I must admit I got emotional and emotional in a really good, happy way.
0: Belinda, you look really 3D good. in that video. It's like, you know what I mean? You jump out of the screen, you look great in the video. You're really, you know, you really...
1: Thanks. But, um, so, look, our Values is the, the word heart and the heart acronym, which H stands for have fun because, look, We're here for a good time and a long time, and you might as well enjoy yourself, you know. Enjoy the journey, not the destination. Bring it on.
0: The point is, it's progress over perfection because that's the whole point because I started this company to have fun, and I started because investing can be lonely, and I wanted to create a tribe of like-minded people. So, you know, you guys watching us now, you're my tribe, and I'm really thankful, and I'm going to go to that. But after H for have fun, what's next? That's um, E for everyone wins. So, in our company, wins. which means purpose, scenario. Over, purpose over profit, because really what we're doing is we want to make sure our members win, we want to make sure our clients win, we want to make sure our staff win, the company wins, but also the community, everyone. And that's how Absolutely. we make decisions. But if there's losers in the equation, we're not going to do it.
1: Absolutely. And my and favorite A- thing
0: today go
1: A. <laughs> no BS. Authentic. Authentic, no
0: bullshit. And look, I like to call it the way it is. I'm not very politically yeah. correct, and you know, if you lean really far uh, left, yeah. you probably won't like me. But I'm not right wing either. Not left. I'm in the middle. You know what I mean? I call it the way you're it a, is.
1: You're a straight shooter,
0: exactly. <laughs> and then um, R for radical responsibility. And you know what? Yeah, that means that you got to take responsibility for yourself.
1: Do whatever it takes.
0: Do whatever it takes. And seriously. You know, when you've got a goal, right, you need grit, right? And the thing is, when you're buying property, you know, it's like that song, get knocked down and get back up again. That's what you got to do. You know, finance knocks you back, you get up again. This happens, you get up again. That's part of the route you get a coach. The coach gets you up, dusts you off, moves you along again. You know, you get on there. But we do whatever it takes. Absolutely. And and our last one, Belinda. Hey,
1: thankful and grateful.
0: And you know what? Being thankful and grateful is probably – the most important thing that any, any, gift, any gift that you can give yourself is being thankful and grateful. And a lot of people say, well, you know, I can't be thankful and grateful because nothing's good in my life. Well, it goes that way around. If you want goodness in your life, you've got to start with thankful and gratefulness and it will build. And I really believe that the more thankful and grateful you can be, if you can create those moments where, you know, oh, every morning I do meditation and then after that I do loving kindness and send, good vibe for people in the world and then I, i'm very thankful and grateful and before i eat a meal i'm thankful and grateful i've got lots of little spaces in my life where i can devote being thankful and grateful including the end of our sessions like now absolutely um, so guys look i really enjoyed it it was fantastic belinda thank you so much for joining us as well
1: my pleasure absolutely it's always, always, always a pleasure a lot of
0: fun. um and thanks everyone else and um, see you next week. Remember, we're on every single Wednesday. We're gonna, One of us is going to be here every Wednesday for the rest of the year. We're here to help you. you. We're here to spread the word and build our tribe. And what's our tribe? We are the Freedom Fighters. We're fighting for freedom. So Fighters! Freedom Fighters, till next week. Enjoy. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I'm grateful for all our listeners around the world. If you found this podcast valuable, please share with someone that might find this useful. And please join our tribe of purpose-driven investors, increasing income and impact in our Facebook group, Positive Property. Please note, with a multi-million dollar property portfolio and a passive income. I've become incredibly successful at investing in property. The fact of it is, however, many people may find investing in property challenging. It's not easy and it takes a lot of hard work. However, becoming educated to make an informed decision and having the right advisors gives you the tools you need to succeed. The most important part of this formula, however, is to actually take action and apply that knowledge. It is important to understand the information I share is of a general nature only and is not taking into account your unique circumstances. If you're considering investing in any asset class, you need to seek the advice of an independent professional advisor who will be able to look at your specific situation. Be sure your advisor has actually achieved the kind of results you're seeking. Many won't have, so beware. We've taken great care putting those educational resources together. We'd be surprised if you didn't find any errors or omissions. If you do, our legal team says we have to say we're not responsible for those. In fact, as with all things, even your success, we're not responsible. That responsibility always has and always will come down to you and the actions you take. We're passionate about supporting you in that process and helping you increase your ability to create wealth. Live the life you desire provide all the things you dream of for you and your family.